Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. To my right, for the first time this year, is Ed Maher, now officially with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. What's happening, Ken? That's pretty cool. It is. I'm happy to be on board with the MCL. When did you get hired? Uh, January 1st. Who hired you? That was you. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what a <laughs> terrible mistake. He knows He knows a diamond in the rough when he sees it. <laughs> a terrible mistake. A lot of talent. A lot of talent here. And Phil Davison from the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. And this is, wow, this is the first show of the 2024, yeah? That's right. That's right. So good happy morning. new year, everybody. Um, you guys had a good new year? Yeah. Good holidays? Yeah, absolutely. It's nice uh, to have some time off, enjoy the 60-degree weather, walking around in a T-shirt in December. It was crazy. I went yeah. to New York, and it was really warm as well. Um, did a little fishing? I did a tiny. You? I did a tiny bit of fishing, not catching, fishing. Yeah. Uh, that's why they call it fishing, not catching. Right. But um, yeah, I had a good time. What did uh, you get? Anything special, Phil? For Christmas? Uh-huh. Um, no. Nothing. <laughs> no, nothing special. No. Well, probably, you have you have kids, so yeah. you're like a third class citizen in yeah, your own house. I'm a Tube socks. Four year old white guy. Yeah, I get like a shirt from the Gap. That's that's a Christmas. What about you? Uh, do you get anything? Uh, yeah, I got a, a lot of great things. I got some golf balls with my dog's face on them. That nice. I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> that's weird hitting your dog with a stick. I put the dog on the other side, oh, so it's got like it. you know, yeah, yeah, facing forward. Yeah, I'm just not hitting the dog. I got a. Um, uh, a really cool gift from Rachel, my fiance, got me a Dio box set Get out of, of here. albums, to be blunt with you, that I didn't know existed. And at some point, like, you know, in my metal years, I just, I guess I stopped this listening to This is Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio, and he had these records that never kind of came out in the United States. They came out in Europe and whatnot, and it's like, opened up a whole new world for me. So I'm stoked That's about amazing that. Albums, gift. vinyl. How many? Four. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Can you educate our younger audience about the legend of Ronnie James Dio? That will be another show, but just look him up. He he was a great singer. He died of prostate cancer. And so if you are uh, of that age, go get checked out because it's it's At one point he sang in Black Sabbath? Certainly did. Made two great records with Black Sabbath right after Ozzy. Yeah. So um, with that. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. Vinyl. Yeah. There's... Folks who are really, really tied to vinyl say yeah, that the I'm vinyl, one, I'm one. vinyl is the best quality medium for music. Agreed. Um, yeah. Really, it, it just it sounds better. It's analog. It's just uh, it's got a warm sound. Like if you listen to, if you remember when they pivoted to CDs, yeah, it was kind of tinny and trebly, and the bass was not as great. Okay. And now they pivot to. Then it was MP3s, and now it's you know Spotify's and, and it just yeah the the sound is just not great. It is what it is. So vinyl, if you get the chance, listen to a vinyl record, you won't go back. And it's cool to listen to an actual entire album versus just a song here or there. Yeah, a song people here make there albums because it's the phone. whole album, right? That's the concept is listening yes, to an entire and record, record. Not just like hey, I'm going to listen to my favorite you know Taylor Swift song or yeah, whatever it is. I have the library of the entire history of music at my fingertips at any given moment, which yeah. is pretty wild to think about but yeah i like going to listen to an album what is your favorite a long play as they say. um it's uh oh it's the one that says um look what you made me do i, I don't know the, the name of the song but uh, it's, it's the only taylor swift song i know yeah and you like it uh yeah i do like it actually i like taylor swift she seems like a good person i think we talked about this before she gave her entire staff uh hundred thousand dollar bonuses like hundred thousand and she stops the show in the middle of the show and says like look around like look at every single thing that i'm doing it's not me. It's 
all the people that work behind me making this thing happen. Like she stops the show and gives them credit. So kudos to her. You know, I, she's I, using I, her massive platform uh, and doing some good, and I don't know, setting a good example. Well, now that now that she's dating Travis Kelsey, obviously she's. I think her career is going to explode, huh? Like <laughs> bigger, better, worse. <laughs> I don't know. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's this girl dating Travis Kelsey? Yes, yeah. is Taylor something or other? He's going to get her really famous. <laughs> yeah. He knows what he's doing. That's for sure. That's absolutely. He's backing up the Brinks truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's not forget the guy has two Super Bowl rings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he's pa- not the most power couple. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's definitely a power couple. Is she the most popular person in the world? I think so. Probably right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And she's five. She's five eleven. Did you yeah. know that? She's really tall. Same height as me. Is that right? Yeah. On a good day, Phil. She's we're, probably we're, never going to go out with you, Phil. <laughs> I was going to say, we're, we're pretty much soulmates. Yeah, you're soulmates. Yeah, I'm not saying women are heightest, but some of them are. You know, we should probably get to talking about workers' issues. Yeah, I think you're I right. Think so uh, I think so. so uh, enough with the banter. Um, we, we have a lot to, to, to talk about this year, right? 2024. 2023 was the year of the worker. 2024 also happens to be the year of the worker. It's weird. Just, yeah. It's the two years of the worker. Years of the worker. Years of the yeah. worker. Um, you got to keep the momentum. I think forward. I think that's right. And and I think that uh, I want to touch on some things that we're going to be talking about um, over the course of this year. And, and obviously, you know, things are subject to change. But, you know, there is some momentum with labor right no now. No question. The, the, you know, there's great momentum. And given what uh, the UAW did and the Teamsters have done, and you're seeing some record contracts now in, in you know, the airline industry, and just across the board, how many strikes were there last year, right? There, there were over 500,000 workers that were out on strike last year. And that's, so, that's a, It's, it's got to be a record, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was the largest year, uh, the most amount of strikes, uh, striking workers since uh, 1980-something, something in the 80s, I think, uh, there were wow. more workers who had gone on strike. But I think the thing that di- is different here is that um, these strikes led to better contracts. Massive contracts. Like, it wasn't you went on strike for six months and then walked walked back in with, you know, no new contract. These right. strikes were very successful. And, and, and they were well thought out, right? Yeah. You know, Some the, innovative the, thinking. Yeah, there's no question about it. So the, 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 the people like Sean Fain and um, it's Sean O'Brien as well, right? Right, from the um, You know, and the flight attendants uh, unions and the pilots unions and everybody else that, you know... Writers, actors. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. the writers and actors, right? Who, who would have thought that they would have, you know, gone on strike? Yeah. And um, so now all of a sudden, right, when you see strikes like in uh, Hollywood... Like it becomes part of the the vernacular mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, of the American people, and you know I'm not saying that you know striking is good because it's hard, right? You're right. going without a paycheck. Um, there's some movement throughout the states to allow striking workers to collect unemployment, which is pretty controversial. Yeah, um, is that legal in any states right now? Not yet. I okay. don't think so. Um, but I think you'll see it in, in 2024 because um, <laughs> some folks are pushing it. And because, look, you go on strike you without a paycheck. If your employer has deep pockets and you can't hurt them economically, well, they just wait you out. They'll wait right. you out, right? Right, and start, to starve you out. Right, what happened to mine workers? And, you know, so I, I think you're going to see, uh, I think we'll see more strikes. Although, Ed, you said, and I think you're probably right, that some of the big contracts that are up this year are postal service right yeah so the uh the washington post did an analysis of what big contracts are coming up in 2024 the largest is the united states postal service which has 200,000 workers under contract that's expiring this year um they're federally um 
banned from striking. Right. So they can't go on strike. The second largest is uh, our rail carriers from freight rail. Uh, that's 115,000 workers. That's also governed by the National Railway Labor Act. That's right. Um, so some of these things, I don't think we're going to see strikes necessarily. Um, you're not going to have these huge, huge groups. So I wouldn't be surprised if the number of workers that were that go on strike in 2024 didn't hit 2023. Yep. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I never dreamed that I'd see what I saw in 2023. So um, I'm not counting anybody out yet. But uh, if, if 2023 was the year that workers went on strike to get big contracts and people saw this and organized their workplaces. I think 2024 is the year to see if the momentum from that organizing carries over into first contracts for groups like um, Starbucks, Amazon, Apple, um, Trader Joe's. If some of these folks can get to a first contract and see success, that just creates more organizing. So I think this year will be the year of of organizing. I hope so. Organizing and first contracts. Right. Like to see some, you know, the unions go out, organize new members, yeah. right? And uh, have these, you know, these nascent unions like Starbucks, et cetera, get to first contracts, which is yeah. really, really tough to do. But, you know, maybe now there's enough public pressure uh, where they say, you know, like, okay, it's time to sit down and really negotiate a contract. Yeah. Right. Wor- worried about their brand image and worrying about their reputation in the marketplace and knowing that, People are paying attention now, and if, if yeah, work gets out that you're a company that's trying to keep workers down, right? You know that can hurt your bottom line. So yeah, public well, pressure is great, and also we need the government to intervene. That's and actually no question. <laughs> yeah. Enforce. And we're gonna we're gonna you yeah. know what? That's a good that's a good breaking point because I want to yeah. take a quick break and I want to come back and talk about something uh, government related um, and the UAW. So uh, we will be right back with more of the workers' mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the workers' mic powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. And sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Ed. And sitting next to Ed is Phil. And we are um, happy to be back here in uh, early 2024. We're optimistic this year in terms of workers' rights and uh, workers' gains and union gains and... uh, you know, it looks like the economy just added another like two hundred sixteen thousand jobs, which is a big it, deal. It beats expectations right? every quarter. It's, it's un- yeah, it, it's uncanny. good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's people- a record. The unemployment rate nationally hasn't been under four percent for this long since the sixties. Right. Really? People, people yeah. still complain about the economy, yeah. and there's a perception that it's terrible. And you know, it's just I, I don't understand it. Quite frankly, uh, I think it's more of a perception than no question. Than reality. Two yeah. years ago, every economist was calling for a deep recession, yeah. and the best case scenario that we had yeah. was a soft landing right. recession, like a little recession. And here we are, when this all should have taken place. And it hasn't happened. So the economy is doing far better than uh, than I most paid, people believed it would. I paid like two eighty five for gas last week in Chicago. Is that right? I swear to God, I was like, "What? Really? Yeah, I swear? Would you do change the sticker or something?" <laughs> <laughs> I got a back alley discount guy. That's pretty good. Everyone, I swear, that's that really really good. Did everyone go around and peel off all the Joe did that? <laughs> yeah, Biden right. did that stickers right. on the gas pumps. Oh, God. Uh, so yeah. funny the politics of uh, gas prices. Yeah, yeah we uh, we we're, we're, listen. At, in the year 2024, unfortunately, and I really do mean unfortunately, we are going to have to talk about politics here on the Workers' Mic. We can leave it for another day. Yeah. Uh, we certainly will. It's a little early yet in the in the in the season, but you know, uh, unfortunately, politics and workers' rights uh, intersect. Primary is two months away in Illinois. Right? They just do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's no question. I mean, we we like to unite people as workers because workers uh, as a group 
you know, unto itself, people have more in common as workers than they do apart, you know, by virtue of politics. But politics are very divisive, right? It, it is, and, and just, we don't like to be divisive here. On the and and it's, no, God, no. And, and look, we know that, you know, especially in the building trades, we represent people from all spectrums of, no of, the, of politics. Right. And when you take away, you know, when you strip away you know guns and abortion and social issues and you know everything yeah Yeah, all that other stuff and using as an example the workers rights amendment right you strip all that workers vote for workers right and we showed it in illinois every single county in this entire state voted 50 plus percent for the workers rights amendment and that's a huge deal i mean so if you're if you're a union member, I mean you should be guided by your economics as it relates to your union. I mean that's that's really anything we look at. Is we, that, it, we don't look at any party label. It's like what is the best for well, carpenter economics? And, right? Yeah, and I always say lobby your hobby. Yep. and vote your paycheck. Yep, yep. And we're going to drill down on that. We're going to have people come in and talk about that during this year. Um, you know, we're we're going to try to make it as undivisive as, yeah. as humanly possible. Um, you know, before the break, uh, Phil, we were talking about a, a little bit of, about politics. And one thing that just came up recently, which is sort of the intersection between politics and organizing now, which you, you haven't really seen uh, very often other than uh, Nikki Haley telling, you know, people that she wears high heels to kick unions. Right. You know, it's just like, I hate unions. Don't come to my town. That or means my, my, the translation my, for that is I hate workers. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's an interesting yeah, I want to be, yeah, It was yeah. oh, just terrible. She's been doing terrible. that for a long time. I know, that's her yeah. stick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, one day I'm going to, I'll figure out what her actual real name is because it's not Nikki. No. It's, not, I can't it, remember what it is. It's something, whatever. Anyway, listen. But so UAW, right? has made it very clear that they're going to go out and try and organize the non-union mm-hmm. auto companies, of which there are many. Volkswagen. 150,000 or something employees yeah, that are I think, non-union? I think yeah. that's a low estimate. Yeah. You know, but Tesla and uh, Volkswagen and some of the ones in the South. And so just recently, um, what was it, Phil? It was like a bunch of senators wrote letters to these automakers. Correct. And, and they yeah. said, hey, auto workers, or sorry, uh, uh, automakers, do not fight the union stay neutral stay out of it let them make a fair and informed choice so they wrote a letter yep and i think if i'm not mistaken there were like 30 33 signatory to it yeah and how many people are all, in, all in, democrats okay. how many people are in the senate a hundred a hundred so let's, take, let's head back to eighth grade here ken <laughs> well it was got, it was actually they got a little like, more than I, half i knew that of the democratic caucus in the senate so um, so so you have a letter right uh, written by 33 dems no republicans yeah. and a bunch of dems not signing the letter right that was curious i yeah. couldn't so, agree so, more yeah. Yeah. so what does that mean like and what are you doing like you have to write a letter. Yeah. You're, you're, the, you're the senator. Probably swing states up for election. Yeah. yeah. But you're the senator, and you're asking a company like Volkswagen, which, by the way, is not an American company. Mm-hmm. You're saying, please, and union please, in please be nice. Germany, right? And they're right. completely unionized yeah. in their homeland, <laughs> yeah. right? In, in the motherland. Yeah. <laughs> but, but not Which here. Land? Yeah. And they're writing a letter like, please stay neutral. Yeah. Uh, come on. I mean, first yeah. of all, how about this? How about pass a law that says you have to stay neutral, right? Or card check exactly. or, or do something. Don't write a letter. Yeah. I mean, look, it's better than nothing. It certainly is bringing attention to it. Hey, we're watching you. But like, we, like we've talked about on the show, ad nauseum let's say they say thank you uh senators but uh no we're gonna fight the union as <laughs> right. hard as humanly yeah, we, possible we got your lever uh yeah the answer is no <laughs> right. right i mean there there should be something where a public company that gets 
government subsidies or government bailouts of for sure shouldn't be able to take those resources yes. and spend them on you know overpriced union busters who yes. just you know milk companies for outrageous sums of money to try to to take things away from workers like, yeah. yeah let's start there i don't understand also how you hear so much from the right from republicans about less government assistance for families we need to, we need to rein in entitlement programs like the way to get people off the dole is to pay them better. Of course. And so why why would you not support opportunities for organizing that would make these auto workers receive better living wages that could again provide for them, take care of their families, and rely less on government assistance? I, that just- what you're saying is completely true because the numbers that came out earlier this week, the unemployment numbers, were driven by stronger than expected consumer spending, and that's right. that's why we haven't hit a recession. Is yep. because of stronger than expected consumer spending has required companies to continue hiring it's why the unemployment rate is so low um and it's because people spend money our economy is i think more than 70 percent driven by consumer activity so if people don't have money to spend the economy slows down yeah so how do people get money to spend where do you get your spending money ken you find it on the sidewalk no i mean you you work right and people work for a living if they get a fair wage and we're not talking about the minimum wage we're talking about a fair wage right and if the minimum wage had kept up with inflation by the way it'd be like what 25 30 bucks right now and you know back in the day when they were fight for 15 well that was just the the most short-sighted thing i've ever seen because the minimum wage they're hiring mcdonald's workers for 18 dollars an hour right now so congratulations fight for 15 you won yeah Yeah. right (laughs) if you give somebody who earns a hundred million dollars a year another 50 grand that money's never going to hit the economy no if you give somebody who makes 50 grand a year another 10,000 that money's going to get a car repaired it's going to buy a refrigerator people in the middle class and the lower middle class and you know below the poverty line if you give them more money they will spend it, and it will drive the economy, and that's good for everyone. And where do they spend it? They spend it in the, in the neighborhood. They spend it in the community, right? right? And that's good for mom and pop stores. It's good for local businesses, et cetera, of which the, you know... the good for tax bases for government. It's great yeah. for tax bases. You can hire more police. You can mm-hmm. hire more firefighters, right? You can fix the roads and fix the infrastructure. And, you know, let's not forget about the infrastructure bill, which was bipartisan, yep. uh, and that's provided an amazing amount of work. Work that we've seen last year in the building trades has been absolutely phenomenal yeah. right and i think it's just begun i, I think mean, that's there's, right there's so many projects that have yet to be let so i think that's right huge so you know so, so it is and you make a really good point and that is it's anathema to fight your own workers or to allow the government to allow companies to fight their workers yet uh give them bailouts right. or tax incentives to come uh build a project here and we're going to give you a tax break or let them not pay taxes right how about that how about yeah. apple how about that amazon where you don't pay a penny in taxes yeah and, how about and, just just enforce the laws you have on the books that's all we're asking for like these laws <laughs> exist but you just ignore them like there's no there's no enforcement there's no teeth any of them like, well they allow people to offshore you know yeah. i'm gonna you know even though i've never been to the cayman islands i'm gonna you know incorporate my business in the cayman islands even though every store i own is here in the united states <laughs> yeah, right even, and that's fine even though i'm based in wisconsin right <laughs> yeah, so As they say it was legal yeah <laughs> yeah I, I found but, a loophole but they may they need to they need to close that loophole because yeah. the, the the amount of money that would come in to uh government coffers and and uh municipalities and and just you know the, the economy in general if they paid their fair share of taxes yeah, is absolutely these companies can afford to do it of and there are people can. in the middle class who say don't penalize job creators um 
and but the reality is if they paid their taxes, middle class people wouldn't have to pay so much in taxes right. or would actually get more in return for their taxes. So if you think, um, you know, like, let's let the job creators, the billionaires get off paying less. You're just signing up to pay more taxes. People are waking up to that now, and I think people are starting to realize, like, wait a second. You know, the the CEO pay used to be ten to one. Now it's you know nine hundred to one. Yes. Right. I mean, it's something outrageous. Like, let's start to share the wealth already. Right. Yeah. So okay. um, we got to take a break. We got to take a break. Um, we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to talk about some some cool things that are going on, um, both in organizing and then some uncool things that are going on as well um, with our favorite uh, spaceman uh, Elon Musk. So we'll be right back on the star workers man. star man. <laughs> be right back on the workers mic right here on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to the workers mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, which now has two employees. And they're both here. <laughs> Look at that. We should probably come up with something where we're not in the same place at the same time. In, in case, case something happens. Yeah, there's a natural disaster. Good then point. It's good we got to have someone to answer the phone. Can I be the emergency contact? Yes, okay. absolutely. All right. I'll take it. You're hired. But you're here also, so this doesn't <laughs> help us at all. <laughs> well, I'm pretty psyched. To, by, the, by the way, I should have said this at the top. I'm super stoked to have uh, Ed on board with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Yes. Um, I think he's going to take it to its next logical conclusion. Um, and you know more to come on on the on what's happening with the MCL, but just to give a little teaser, I think uh, within the next ninety days we might be the NCL National, National Coalition. Whoa, of Labor. How do you baby. like that? Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not it. to be confused with Norwegian Cruise Line. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got the website, but yeah. they might not be using. It. But anyway, listen, I wanted to talk about. Um, what I, what I thought was pretty cool, and that is doctors. Well, cool. and Something you never thought you'd see, but doctors organizing. Doctors yep. joining unions, right? And you're like, what? A doctors joining a union? Why? Like, yeah, what, I, I always thought there. they made a ton of money and they had big houses and, and boats. And, and the answer is they used to. Yeah. But Depends not anymore. Depends on what you specialize in. And also, these healthcare uh, conglomerates, I yeah. guess, are starting to merge. For sure. And squeeze and merge and yeah. squeeze. So these doctors, I've been reading about it, and just look it up. I think they're organizing with SAIU up in Minnesota. Alina Health, I think, is the name of it. And the doctors are saying, like, they're so bogged down with uh, doing paperwork and squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. And I think we've talked about it here in terms of our health centers, right? The Carpenters and, and the MCL health centers and the Building Trades health centers. And uh, I know the Plumbers have health centers, um, along with some other trades. It's not doorknob medicine right mm-hmm. uh, ours are you know you get to see the doctor for as long as you need to um but these doctors are saying they can't literally take care of their patients because they're being squeezed so hard and what are they doing they're turning to a union to fix that, that is interesting. and I, I and i don't think it's necessary because i haven't read anything i don't think it's about the money right i think it's about the patient care and about well, their working conditions you see that with some of the nursing uh nurses unions we reported on yeah. last year kaiser um, permanente yeah i mean kaiser permanente there was a group down in joliet um i think the one down in joliet did have wages as part of part of their issue but yep. the primary thing was scheduling uh staffing you know yes. where pre-covid there would be you know 
it was like down to like a third of what the staffing was at some of these hospitals in Joliet. So their primary concern is not only that they're being severely overworked, but that patients are just not getting the level of care that they need. And because this, there's, not an, there's not enough of them to go around yeah. because the employer won't staff enough of them. And it's similar to what we heard from the, uh, the gentleman who came in from Walgreens, the pharmacist, yeah, who yeah. I think to your point, Ken, uh, sort of pulled the the veil off and made people realize, wow, pharmacists don't make as much as people thought they did or maybe thought they should. Um, and uh, they're severely overworked as well. So some of these sort of glamorous um, professions that people would think they make a ton of money, they've got really good sort of straightforward jobs. It turns out that it's not the case anymore. So they're going elsewhere for you know protection or for staffing levels or yeah. you know, mandates. Especially if you're... A doctor that's a part of a hospital system or right. employee of the hospital like right. that seems like that's a, a great opportunity to organize it just seems like so many hospitals now they don't even really have many doctors on staff everyone's from a group right that has you know yes. runs runs a group at that's the right. particular hospital that's right um and you're lucky if you get to see the doctor because you see the nurse practitioner which are great by the way of course yeah right. uh, and nurses are absolutely wonderful but you know seeing the actual doctor you don't get to spend much time with them. No. And so, so these, do- these, these doctors are organizing, which, which I think shows, you know, just how, um, how the word union got into the lexicon of, of American speech last year and to, when doctors are starting to organize now and maybe you'll see lawyers organizing and white collar people organizing and Microsoft, right? Exactly. Uh, their, their whole, and, and kudos to Microsoft. Microsoft said, you want to organize? Go We're ahead. not going to stand in your right? way. The whole U.S. workforce. That's exactly, I mean, that's unbelievable, right? As opposed to Apple, yeah. who's, you know, and, you know, Union busting, of course. Yeah. Microsoft's right? one of the largest, most profitable companies in America. So if they have, and they have people who've looked into this. If this is going to decimate their bottom line, they sure. wouldn't do it. Right. Um, but they clearly see that this is a good strategy. And you know what? what? It works. Isn't I mean? Don't isn't the old adage like a happy worker is a productive worker? Yes. Right. You imagine going to work every single day, and you're angry, and yeah. you're just perturbed, and you're worried about being able to get to pick your kid up after school or after daycare or even worry about paying for that. And you're just so preoccupied with other things that you can't concentrate on doing your job or you don't do it as well. Or you're not as friendly, uh, outgoing public service people, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. As opposed to you pay them a good wage and then they're like, wow, I can afford yeah. daycare. Yeah. yeah, I can afford to get here on the bus spikes. or, you know, I can get a car instead of taking the bus, or, you know. Well, as, I mean, you're, you're a lifelong organizer, Ken, and yes. you've told me many times that it's really hard to organize and unionize workers who are very well taken care of. There's no question about it. And, and you know, I think, look, you, you brought this up earlier at Costco, right? Yeah. Costco, I, I believe, uh, it, and we're, we're talking about a partnership with them with the MCL, but, you know, they build union. Mm-hmm. They have um, prevailing wage specs built into their uh, into their building specs, so so they build union, um, and they treat their workers pretty well. They've right? always they supported them, living wages. That's exactly right. Um, but one they of get the a first, pension, I believe they're. I think they do, and I think they get yeah. a living wage, and I think yeah. they make good money. And they always seem like, look, you go to Costco, you know, the workers are friendly, yeah. right? They're happy, yeah. and it's a, it's a nice thing. Um, but they just organized in Virginia, Virginia. And uh, the CEO and the founder put out a letter to all the employees saying, hey, you may have heard that this this warehouse... um, Is that what he said? He said, hey. Hey." I think he's Italian. (laughs) Um, But they said, um, we view this as a failure on our part. 
Um, now, they didn't say anything about staying neutral or going against the union, but I think what they were trying to communicate to their people was um, if if you felt like you needed to bring in a union, then clearly we haven't made our position clear enough that we're here for you and here to listen to what you need. I mean, that's something that you hear a lot of employers say. Yeah. Now, it'll be interesting to see what uh, happens if there's additional organizing you know, in Costco chains, whether they kind of put their money where their mouth is and, and just sort of you know engage in dialogue or in, engage in the process with their workers or if they try to dissuade them, which, you know, I'm hoping they don't because I do love those uh, those cheap hot dogs. <laughs> you can ask anybody who knows me. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you've talked about them. You love yeah. a good foot long. Yeah, you know, I don't even the, need anything the, from Costco. I go all by myself. <laughs> I just stop by for dinner, you know. <laughs> I heard you take. That's where you take dates. Is that true? I, I, I actually once once upon a time I did take my fiance Claire. We, we couldn't decide where to go for dinner, so I was like, we need stuff from Costco. We're going to Costco. So she asked me to take her to the most expensive place in town, and I did Costco. Yeah. <laughs> if they raise, I know that's this would be sacrilegious to you, Ed. But if they raise the cost of the hot dog from like a dollar fifty to. Two fifty. I could probably pay for the not going to any any union bargaining. This know? was brought up on a in a yeah. meeting yeah. where the founder said, "If you touch the price of the Costco <laughs> or the hot dog, I will kill you." Yeah. <laughs> he said that I think to the CEO. They draw a hard line on that hot dog. Oh yeah, price. he's not yeah. touching that. It, yeah, you lose money on the hot dog. But when was the last time you walked out of Costco for less than like three hundred bucks? True. Yeah. They get you in for the dollar fifty hot dog. And you're coming out with a TV. And- <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, man, I got such a good deal on the hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker. Yeah, I know. So, anyway, well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, what, that'll what, be one what, I'll be watching closely. For sure. Come on, Costco. Absolutely. And, and come on all these companies, right? Yeah. Like, you know, don't worry about it. Look, I've talked to a company, and you're right, I've I organized my entire career, and I've talked to employers that said, listen, off the record, and it's always off the record, um, off the record, it's okay, we actually want a union in here. And I'm like, you know why? What, 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 like, what's your rationale? He's like, listen, you guys have a contract. Mm-hmm. You have one contract. Everybody plays by the same rules. We don't have to worry about personnel policies or human resources. You got a union contract. Yeah. There it is. Here's your hours. Here's your wages. That's it. Boom. We're done. We save a ton of money, heartache, and effort, and we're actually more productive with a union contract. I've heard employers say this. I've heard this recently from organizers that I know who mm-hmm. have said that uh, there are companies who are saying it takes a lot of the burden off of their HR departments. All day. So that's a that's a very interesting point you raised because I actually heard that a few times over the holidays that companies that you wouldn't expect to organize are now saying union contracts take a lot of uh, you know sort of guesswork and things like that off. Of Look at a good union, a union, yeah, and, and you know you, you, you guys you guys both know this, and and most of you listening out there have probably heard oh unions protect the weak, right? And unions are going to file a grievance for somebody that you know came in and, and you know shot the owner or just something crazy. And the answer is no, no, they don't actually. You know we all come from the building trades yeah. where you know our motto i think this is universal for the building trades is an honest day's work for an honest day's pay yep. eight for eight right and if you fail a drug test or you can't show up to work on time or you lose your driver's license well guess what you don't have a job right and the union's not going to waste their time effort and dues you. money that's no. completely true and, yeah. and that's the way we operate you have other unions that will fight for you know the laziest you know just just somebody that doesn't deserve to work there and everybody knows it and it brings down the morale of everybody else makes the union look bad less credible and that's where they get uh, you know kind of a a bad name um and has has sort of given us that i think that that is going away Yeah. yeah and i think especially with the building trades you see people now we're skilled we show up to work we want to work and those that don't they blow out and 
voila, you know. Right. In the on. building trades, you have very large <laughs> economic packages. Many unions are between wages and benefit packages at nearly or even over $100 an hour in Chicago. Right. Now, union leaders know that they're not going to be able to negotiate those levels if employers are out there saying, like, hey, you sent me uh, a carpenter who doesn't know how to use a saw or a hammer, or right. you know, you're sending me people where I'm not That's able to why compete. we have our training programs. Exactly. So the, the obligation of a union in the building trades world is to provide a highly skilled, highly capable person where you can pay this person twice as much or three times as much as some construction guy, handyman off the street and still be more profitable. That's, Absolutely, that's because they're the more idea. efficient. You have a trained person, a skilled Listen, person. They, they've said a, that's it the cost, bargain. A, yeah. it, cost a, it costs less to build a mile of road right here in Chicago than it does in a right-to-work state in the South where they pay a third of the wages yeah. right. because in, we do it faster, more efficiently, trades, right. and, it, and it lasts longer. If you, if you have uh, a member who maybe is provide substandard work they're not going to find work like That's work right. gets out they, yeah. they sit at the hall all day and you know maybe, right. maybe at one point they were good and they just kind of gave and up our, and, yeah. our, and our brothers and sisters out there you know and, and kudos to them will put pressure on those people that are not pulling their weight it's like yes. hey i'm working you know my butt off here you need to step it up correct otherwise you're not going to be here that much longer yeah so so i, th- I think that that's important um and you know the, in terms of the the employers that get it and realize this and we're hoping that more and more do and should you then of course have the antithesis of that which is the spaceman elon musk and he he Mm -hmm. the day after he lost the case um and i forget what the case was it was just one of the myriad of of of, you know union cases that he has lost um oh okay and it was you know it was like it was reinstate somebody or stop union busting or whatever whatever was was. this one that was went over like six years or something i'm not sure okay um you think i would know more about it because i brought it up uh but i don't (laughs) tell us more well i read the headline yeah but here's but here's the half of it this is the reason i'm making this point because we talked about this last year elon musk day after he lost he filed a federal lawsuit to overturn the decision. Yes, this is the same case. Yeah. And said that the National Labor Relations Board and the makeup of it is unconstitutional. And mm-hmm. there it is, right? We talked about this. We said it was going to happen. And sure enough, Mr. Spaceman is the first one to do it. And it's in the court system right now. And assuming that uh, you know, he wins, loses either way. It's going to get appealed, and it's going to go all the way up to the Supreme okay. Court, I think. And what do you yeah. think they're going to do? Nothing good. <laughs> so get ready to lose the National yeah. Labor Relations Yeah, so board. the headline, did the headline read, World's Richest Man Takes Away Workers' Protections? Because that's what it sounds like yeah. uh, it should say. And But you know what? Uh, like, once again... World's uh, Richest I, South African Transplant is, is trying to... Well, he's upend. a self-made man. I mean, he had to pull himself up by his bootstraps, having only a father who owned a diamond mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. Home. Oh, you want to talk right. about it? Yeah. So, you know, um, but we're, we're going to delve into this in this year as well. We want to follow this case because there are some folks out there that believe that we should go back to pure self-help. And you want to think about, you know, shockwaves through the employer community. Forget the unions for a second. You know, the employers rely on um, steady you know, uh, working conditions, wages, et cetera. Labor right? harmony. La- labor peace, term. right? Uh, exactly right. And, yeah. and they want that. And that's why the National Labor Relations Act was first started, because there was all these strikes all the time. They tried to ratchet those down. That's a very you, good point. You get rid of that, and you're going to have strikes every five minutes. I yeah. don't like something, right? I get my bathroom break. Hey, everybody, let's walk out. Yes. Right? Yeah. 
and it's just going to sh- it's going to be an Chaos. absolute nightmare. So I think Elon Musk is going to get quite the surprise when the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other employer groups say, "What are you doing?" What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, right. So yeah, that absolutely. that has been filed already, though. He filed it the next day. Wow. He, filed, he filed the lawsuit um, in Texas. Uh, I have no idea. I where guess it, it doesn't filed. matter. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. You know what I've right? learned in yeah. this conversation? I've learned that I should actually research things a little bit more before <laughs> okay. I talk about them. I shouldn't call you. But on you know, hey, listen, like that, it's, it's the, it was the holidays. So yeah. I get a little dispensation yeah. for it. It is yeah. dry January. It is dry January. How's that going for you? <laughs> it's going pretty good. I'm thirsty, but it's fun. it's all right. <laughs> I see you're not shaking over. That's good. Yeah. That's that's always good. <laughs> no, it's going all right. So anyway, uh, I think we got to take a quick break. We got to take another break. Yeah. Why? Why do we take so many breaks? You know, because WGN says so. Yeah. And we got to listen. For our MCL supporters. That's a man. Yeah, it's all right. All right, so we will be right back with more of the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. Um, we have uh, just a few more minutes. Um, we want to talk about a couple of quick things. Um, one is uh, something that we had touched on last year, and that is um, the, the kids, you know, kind of crowdsourcing um, money to help pay for lunches for other children that, you know, are basically food insecure. And, you know, kind of how it's cool, but it's also a bit of a travesty. And, you know, maybe there's uh, some government intervention that can help that. And sure enough, there is. Yeah. And we just saw an example of uh, that gone wrong. Right. And that was in Nebraska? Nebraska, right. And so what happened, Ed? So a little bit of history on this. We reported on this. This was kind of a, a popular topic in 2023. But I think seven states passed laws that school districts would provide school lunches for families under the poverty line. And it was driven by children who went to their legislators to say, hey, our friends, we have a friend who doesn't have a lot of money in his family and he's not eating because he's poor and he's, you know, it's like, it's not fair. This is a friend. He feels shame. He feels bad. Right. So kids really were uh, showing kind of the best of humanity here. Um, and there were states that passed this kind of stuff. So this a movement um, toward this hit uh, Nebraska, where Republican Governor Jim Pillen uh, said absolutely not to the $40 per month per child under the poverty line that it would cost to provide school meals. Uh, and his quote on it was, I don't believe in welfare. Oh, so welfare, gosh. meaning child who, you know. Child his, nourishment. Yes, his, yeah. yeah, basic human decency, I believe that's sometimes referred to. But a kid whose parents don't make enough money for some reason, completely out of their control, and that's welfare. And you're going to shame this kid and say, you know, tough kid, just don't eat anything. Try yeah. to go to school and don't eat and learn on an empty stomach. And, you know, you're not giving this kid uh, a, a leg up in, in any kind of way. But... It it aggravated me because these are kids we're talking about. What's, I, the, what's the governor's name? His name is Jim Pillen. Jim Pillen. Well, yeah. shame on you, Jim Pillen. You get yeah. the first shame on in twenty twenty four. Shame on shame you, on you Jim Pillen. So, Jim, Jim Pillage. So I looked yeah. at I looked into his uh, into his background just yeah. to see what he campaigned on, 
and uh, he de- campaigned on defending family values, huh. traditional family values, right, like eating, like feeding your kids, <laughs> repealing and child labor. Maybe laws. in his family, only grownups got to eat. Like you want to eat, <laughs> earn. <laughs> um, but he, the other thing was keeping kids in Nebraska. So people apparently grow up in Nebraska and they leave and go somewhere else. So yeah. he wants to keep kids in Nebraska. And my th- my idea here is this might just be a very clever play on his part to undernourish children so they can't walk or drive cars. <laughs> Yeah. And they'll never get out of Nebraska. They'll take <laughs> 10 steps out of their front door, and they've had no carbohydrates in the last four this days. The plan so is coming to fruition, yeah. Boom, they're falling down in a cornfield, and somebody can drag them back in the house and throw a bucket of water on I'd them. I'd like to introduce to Ed Maher from the Workers' Mike making fun of starving children. No, no, I'm not. I'm making fun of Nebraska <laughs> Governor Jim Pillen and his crazy logic. I think... Uh, uh, I don't think it's a controversial statement that uh, if if kids can't afford to eat at home, can't afford to eat at school, yeah. we should help them out because they're kids and they should eat. Yeah. And, and how and, does Pillen and by, feel about child labor laws? Has he repealed those yet? Uh, I would guess that he probably has his own kids working in a cornfield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might be wrong. That's just speculation. Uh, Actually, WGN they, they, lawyers. They, you know how they uh, they, they eat the uh, they eat the crop. That's how they get their nutrition. <laughs> yeah, that's their payment. Yeah, nothing gets you, you moving like uncooked corn. <laughs> Right off. <laughs> so listen, let's uh, we, we got to wrap it up. But quickly, New Year's resolutions. Phil, you got any? Uh, mine is a broad resolution: less talk, more do. Okay, fair enough. Ed, you know something? I am going to set a resolution to read thirty books this year. Wow! I My resolution you. was twelve last year, and I made it to like twenty-two or twenty-three. Nice. Good nice. For you. So Good I'm going to go thirty. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try and get in shape, back in shape, and. As you take a page from your book, uh, start to read some more books as well. I also understand that uh, Ron DeSantis has a New Year's resolution. Yeah, I came up with some resolutions for some other people, and I think... Uh, tell, tell us about Ron DeSantis's. Ron, I think a reasonable goal for him would be to lose the primary in his home state by less than 20 points. I think that would be... You know, I was going to maybe go lower like 10%, but like... I don't want to aim too high, so if he can carry his home state with uh, less than 20% loss, I think that'd be pretty good for him. Yeah. Imagine the day after that primary when it's just like, he's got to go around, he's still the governor, and he's got to ask people for things. <laughs> yeah, um, they're just going to laugh at him. And I, I wish I was there to see it. I'd love to see you know, Mickey Mouse in his Mickey Mouse costume, like, Hey, can I take a picture with my kids? And Mickey just like shoves him. <laughs> yeah, I, get I, out of here, loser! Yeah. It might be record setting. Has like a governor of a state ever lost their own primary for president? By I mean, it's probably going to be thirty, forty points. To be honest, oh, he's um, going to get decimated. I saw him on a. Right, I saw him on the whatever it was. He was on some your own town people hall. don't like you. He, <laughs> listen, you sound like such a bully, Phil. Do you think his family will vote for him or Trump? There's no way. There's no way his wife's voting for him. Oh, my God. He has a wife? I think so. That guy looks like a robot. He's. Yeah. I mean, he is the most unpersonable, just evil, evil yeah. dude. Right? Yeah. It's just a, you know what? I hope he loses, you know, but I, although, I don't know. I'm conflicted about that. But yeah. I like that that's his resolution is to yes. just not lose that bad. <laughs> dear, dear God, please don't let me lose that bad. Love, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Really Give me this. enough that my kids still respect yeah. me in the morning. I don't want these high heel boots I got to go to waste. <laughs> what? He wears. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. His people are heightest. Oh, heightest again. Yes, bringing that back. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. uh, That's it for our first show of 2024. We have a a ton of great stuff this year. Um, We're really looking forward to continuing on 
uh, on the show and uh, appreciate all of the support that we've gotten from all of the listeners, um, all the streams, all the nice emails and, and uh, texts that we've gotten as well. So thank you so much, and thanks to WGN for hosting us. We appreciate it. Thanks to all our sponsors. Um, and we will see you next week right here on The Worker's Mic, 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.